Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor, coach and mentor. You're probably familiar with the format by now, but if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, then each week my friends and I talk to some inspirational people about their adventures in property. No gurus, no grandstanding here, just ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. This week, I'm talking to the amazing Cara Shardlow. Cara has represented Great Britain in dressage and has transferred the skills and discipline from the world of sport, as well as from running her own equestrian business for a number of years, to the local holiday let market in Whitby and Scarborough. Her company, Yorkshire Coast Holiday Lets, has grown from zero to 11 units through the pandemic, and Cara has her sights firmly set on a hotel purchase as part of her mission to raise the standard of short-stay leisure accommodation on the East Coast. Cara talks to us about how setbacks and injuries gave her the purpose and drive to start her new business, how she makes net four figures every month from a property she doesn't even own, and how building her business single-handed in the early days taught her all about how to grow and scale. I know you're going to love this episode, so let's hear now from Cara Shardlow. Hi Cara, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, Mark. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Good, it's great to see you. Um, and before we dive in and start talking about your incredible property journey and the way you're taking the Yorkshire Coast holiday let market by storm, mm-hmm. um, I thought actually, well, I, I want to ask you a non-property related question, if that's okay, because I know you are based in a beautiful part of the world um and you're 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 fully making the most of that um you know in terms of i think you've i think sea swimming plays quite a big part in that which i'm intrigued to hear all about sounds brutal but um <laughs> but <is>. uh, <laughs> but yeah maybe tell us a little bit about where you're based and um and sort of you know why you've chosen to do what you do where you are in the country yeah, so I am incredibly lucky to be based up in Whitby in North Yorkshire. Um, I've lived here most of my life. I've been off um, to university briefly and I've always been drawn back here, drawn basically. Back. Yeah. yeah, it's just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I've run an equestrian business for 20 odd years prior to going into property um and competed for great britain doing um dressage competing up and down the country again that wasn't easy from this location but um yeah so i have recently got into sea swimming i've lived by the coast all my life but the sea's always absolutely terrified me and um i like doing slightly uh, well i like challenging myself so, so was this, um, a, this was a confronting your fears thing then was it yeah okay. it was yeah i like a challenge and i was running out of things to do um <laughs> <laughs> so some friends i actually um i learned to meditate as well a few years ago and some friends that do that they're big into sea swimming yeah. and um they took me along one morning um over in scarborough uh, and he's he does all the Wim Hof breathing and um, uh, so I mainly do it for the cold water hit to be fair because I'm not the greatest okay. swimmer um, and yeah really enjoying it. It's, so, um, it's, it sounds yeah I, I I think I'd like to give it a go. It sounds brutal but um, I'm, I'm sure it must be very invigorating. Um, did yeah. you say you've got um, you've got a, a moonlit full moon swim is it this evening? 
I have, yes. Amazing. <laughs> but I try not, I've only worn a wetsuit once, so I do try and just do it in um, a swimming costume only. And I will try and do that as long as I can through the winter as well. So, um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's interesting because we, we just recently actually recorded an episode for the podcast when we were talking about success habits and routines mm. and that kind of thing. And um, it, it seems like you're you're quite big on that side of it. I'd imagine a lot of that probably comes also from your sporting background. You alluded to it a bit there, didn't you? Your, your sort of background in equestrian and representing Great Britain. And um, is that something that is uh, quite an important part of your day-to-day -day kind of routines and habits? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's just something that I've been incredibly motivated myself to do. Um, and to, yeah, to compete for Great Britain and and the things I've done, I've also done that uh, doing duathlons as well in my age group. I quali qualified for the um, Europeans in my age group a couple of years ago. Fantastic. And it, it is just that discipline. You've just yeah. got to get up on a morning and um, do the same in, day in, day out, yeah. um, and you get the results. Um, you've had to show that in in rehab as well haven't you I think I mean, you had a, a bit of bad luck with some injuries recently yeah so I managed a long career with horses um, even eventing to international level as well and I very rarely had an injury and then I, I just qualified for the Europeans doing duathlons and two weeks later I was out training on my bike I uh, didn't even have to be out it was just a nice day and I'd been swimming already that morning and I just literally rode off the road <laughs> and snapped my shoulder so that was the first big injury that's yeah. the in that was the catalyst to um going into property in the end basically sometimes you get forced down these routes um yeah. And yeah, and I'll look back and know why that happened. To be fair, yeah. So there's a there's a reason for things that if you yeah. look back on it, isn't there? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. And then then I came off a horse earlier this year and did exactly the same injury on my other shoulder, which um, the surgeon couldn't quite believe. So, um, <laughs> but no, I'm recovering and uh, back on a horse now, back doing everything I was. So. Yeah, brilliant, all good. fantastic. Well, you know, it's it seems like every time that I log on to Facebook, there's either some you make me very envious with some beautiful kind of sunset <laughs> over the over the beach in in Whitby or dolphins in the bay, and, oh, yeah, or dolphins. or you've added another stunning property to your uh, to your serviced accommodation portfolio. So. Um, before we go, we rewind the clock and, and get into a little bit more detail around how you did get into property and service accommodation, where you're up to right now. So how many how many properties you operating over what sort of areas? So just give us a bit of an overview about what the business looks like right now. Yeah, so I started um, officially two years ago in November coming up. Um, and I'm now up to 11 properties um, owned, rent to rent and managed now. So um, and there's a quite a number um, waiting in the wings as well that are coming up in the next few months, which is really exciting to manage. Brilliant. And you've just you've literally just launched one or launching one at the moment. It looks stunning. Yeah. So we've uh, all my properties have been in Whitby up until now, um, but the prices in Whitby are just it's virtually impossible to buy anything here at the moment so we've mm. I've spent a lot of time in Scarborough over the last two years and we found two off-market properties um over there uh, that have just been it was a hotel that's been 
converted into five flats and yep. yep managed to buy two of those and um interesting time trying to get the finance to purchase them but we've uh, we got there in the end and um yeah the first guests are in we got the keys uh two weeks ago and we've already got the first guests in uh one of them is a 28 night booking through situ actually that was um fantastic first booking Brilliant. yeah that's amazing yeah. and yeah. you got a pretty glowing review didn't you was that 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 property um, you got a review today i think didn't you so yeah, that's uh, that's the top floor property. Uh, so the, we've had the third set of guests in actually. Uh, they stayed the first night last night and um, absolutely blown away. They say it's the best apartment they've ever stayed in. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Time. It does look it does look stunning. I'm, I'm I'm hoping to get up there at some point and uh, and and stay with you guys and see what what you're doing in in person because it looks fantastic. Yeah. But um, how did you so that let's let's rewind the clock then so two years ago um you started your service accommodation business what was the impetus for that you know what was your obviously you've you mentioned your background briefly but what was it that really sort of drove you towards investing in property and starting out in service accommodation yeah i think i probably um working with horses all my life and uh, it literally was hand to mouth i mean competing at international level with horses is not a cheap sport and yeah. um literally anything i earned went straight back into competing so i didn't have any savings really um and i always knew that i wanted to try to get into property for some reason i knew that was going to be my pension later on because i had no pension so uh, I ended up converting a cottage on my father's farm. Um, that was my first, first, um, um, yeah, first property basically. Yeah. Well, that got converted. I lived in there um, for a while with my then husband at the time, and then we ended up parting ways. And I ended up having to let that out on Airbnb. One of my clients at the time, equestrian clients, was uh, letting her one of her properties out on Airbnb, and she said, "Well, why don't you give it a go?" So um, that was actually four years ago. That, and yeah. I just played at it. I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. Whacked it on Airbnb, and uh, I didn't even know if it, you know it's quite a rural location, but it went really well, and I loved yeah. doing it. I absolutely loved it. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that and what was the, the what was the 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 spark then to take that to the next level and and run it as a business? What what really kickstarted that for you? Yeah, I think again it probably took um, <laughs> it probably took. I, I then got more interested in property. I did um, go on a couple of courses and I learned what actually was possible with property. Yeah. Uh, it really, really opened my eyes and, um, you know, how your mindset and everything. It was a lot heavily uh, mindset involved yeah. because I initially went on. And, yeah, it just I got a, a little bit of money from my divorce that sat in an account until I, you know, it just sat there. And I knew that money was to be spent buying another property. Or, um, yeah. So. And that's, yeah. that's sort of how it grew. But Brilliant. and then obviously the injury where I couldn't work for six months and I was my business at that point. Um, yeah. And literally <laughs> my equestrian business just went completely down the pan in those right. six months. I was having to employ yeah. someone and um, yeah, it was a bit of a 
scary time but like I say um it pushed yeah. me and again I went on another course um and specifically for SA and yeah. um met you yeah and, and that's, um that's yeah. where it sort of started to the penny started to drop absolutely I guess. Yeah, yeah in terms of I mean it's uh presumably it's quite a, a a leisure dominant market for you up there or are you also finding that you're able to target kind of work stays and contractors as well or what what's the what's the target market for you yeah i mean predominantly it is leisure um we're lucky in whitby that it can be all year round it's obviously quiet in november january time yeah um now i actually started up um yorkshire coast holiday let's in the November before COVID hit and um, yeah so <laughs> not the greatest time and I, uh, but that really forced me to um, think outside the box to get people into my properties so um, yeah learn you know how to use LinkedIn um, and I found out any places in the area industry etc that um, did have people come and that needed accommodation and I did actually manage to fill most of my properties through um throughout COVID um by just being seriously proactive <laughs> and not just fill them but actually grow essentially yeah. to 11 units during a pandemic I mean that's um, yeah. that's worth noting isn't it because you know hopefully we're looking back on it as in yeah. you know we hope that that COVID is now behind us and, and we're moving okay. forwards but there were many people certainly in the early days who were talking you know a lot of doom and gloom around the property market in general but certainly around serviced mm -hmm. accommodation and short stay letting whether or not COVID was gonna was going to be the sort of the the you know, was going to sound the, the the kind of death knell for a lot of mm. service accommodation operators, but actually, you've managed to grow and scale and and and, and yeah. fill properties throughout that. So, yeah. what what's yeah. now you're looking back on it? What was your take on on COVID, and what what did you have to do to sort of grow through it? I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was a massive learn for me, but I've got that survival instinct in yeah. me as well, um, which. Um, so I could have just sat there and let it all crumble and uh, disappear and everything I'd worked for all over the years, just let it go. But no, I, yeah, I mean, I ended up running out of properties to house all the people that I did end up finding. I was yeah. lucky there was a new mine actually that was uh, starting up, but I did have people coming from Middlesbrough to stay in my properties and all over. So, um, um, but yeah, and as you say, I've, I, I have come out of COVID um, very strongly, actually, yeah. which is amazing. Um, I'm well, incredibly have, grateful. You seem to have built up some real momentum as well, because I remember when we first met, I think you had your first unit, your first sort of unit mm. for the business. And I remember you mentioning the mine and you were sort of thinking about going to reach out to those guys mm -hmm. and see if they had a need for accommodation. And in those early stages there was quite a lot of graft and it probably felt like you were sort of pedaling uphill a lot of the time but then it seems you since then you've really gained momentum and like I said every time I jump on social media there's a new property as a new unit and it's it's really gone from strength to strength would you is that your take on it yeah absolutely and I mean I've sort of fallen into the management side of it to be quite honest I was so that's managing for other landlords essentially. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'd, I really wanted my own properties and then I'd got 
my first rent to SA just before, again, just before COVID hit. Um, yeah. And I sort of, some of my old clients actually in the equestrian world had holiday lets and they approached me and, and asked me if I would be interested in running, running one of those that went well. Um, and then I got, uh, their amazing five bedroom country house to manage as well uh, that was because I actually uh, ran out of properties in uh, COVID <laughs> to house people and I asked her if I could possibly use that and so and then yeah it's people I've not really advertised the management side of it but I have people now that come to me and say yeah. and recommend me um, which is great so and I'm actually now really wanting to grow that side of it so um Fantastic. yeah that's as well as getting my own but and other plans uh for me but I'm yeah I can see how the management side of it is really gonna help me you know with the cash yeah. grow my cash a little bit really yeah, absolutely so tell us a little bit if you don't mind about your first rent to SA unit then because not everybody <laughs> will be familiar with that strategy that model so essentially where you are you're renting off of a private landlord, but then renting the property out by the night or on a short stay basis. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your first one of those, maybe how you sourced it and, you know, a little, just a little bit about the property and the numbers. Yeah. So, um, I had, before I went on, um, obviously I learned about rent to rent on these courses yeah. that I went on. Um, and I'd run out of money, seriously run out of money. Um, I'd bought uh, a property and although I had these properties, um, they were all very new. Um, I'd got into quite a lot of debt, to be quite honest, with everything that went on. Um, so I was a little bit on my knees and I just saw rent to rent as my only option, really, to start growing. Um, and I gave... Uh, I went on a course and I gave myself about six weeks. I think I did a course in the November 2019 and I decided I was going to get my first rent to rent before the end of the year. So um, so I did that. <laughs> I saw one advertised um, at a local estate agent. I got to speaking to them. I then spoke to the owners. Uh, they had actually had it as a holiday years ago, but really didn't want the hassle of it. They'd had it out as a on an AST for a quite a few years actually so I know that everyone sort of said don't spend too much money on them five thousand pounds is probably your maximum to get them set up and running and this place was very dated it needed a new bathroom um the kitchen needed well I think I put new tiles in it so so and the location was a little bit of a risk as well again it was out in the country I wasn't 100% sure if it would work um but to get my first one under the belt under my belt I took it on got a new bathroom in it um I think we turned it around in two weeks and had my first guests in uh within three weeks so um and actually <laughs> in Covid that was my best one because it was actually only a mile away from the new mine that was being built and I just got workers in there and it was amazing yeah so, so what do you think you did all in what do you think you did spend on getting that securing it and getting it set up um the it did have a bit of furniture in uh, i did have to put single beds in obviously to house the workers yeah and uh, so four new beds probably it was probably over five thousand if i'm really honest but i've recouped that um yeah 
yeah. massively now. So, so what, what do you think? It, what's it? I mean, I'm I'm sure it's fluctuated with COVID and and seasonality, <laughs> but but roughly, what do you think your your net cash flow is then from that property each month now? Well, that property, the last well since we could open again properly, um, the last four months, each month that's turned over over four and a half thousand pounds a month. Amazing. That property, yeah, yeah, fantastic. So you know you're 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 beating yourself up a little bit there aren't you about spending over five thousand pounds but when you look at it what a phenomenal strategy you know the fact that you you don't even own the property you've had to spend five thousand pounds which in the grand scheme of things when you compare that to the deposit you might have to pay on buying a property then the refurbishment all of the legal fees everything else is a very low cost of entry really Mm -hmm. but your cash flow in extremely extremely good numbers it's amazing yeah yeah it's a fantastic property yeah how did you did you negotiate anything with the landlord about getting the refurb done because obviously you were were spending money on his property there or her property yeah so um i got a two months um free rent for for doing that for making those improvements right so you you can factor that into the initial costs as well in the sense that you would have you would have had to have paid that otherwise wouldn't you yeah so that's that's brilliant So was that kind of, was that how you built your base was through rent to SA units? Have, have you since purchased a property or is that next on the timeline or? Yeah, I got a bit nervous taking on it. I was I was really going to absolutely hammer the rent to SA. And then I got a little bit nervous um, with COVID that I didn't want. And we didn't know how it was going to pan out and yeah. how long it was going to last for. And I didn't want to risk getting too many rent to SAs and then as you know getting locked down and me not being able to fill them so that's when the management side really became quite appealing yeah Yeah. um so yeah I've then since purchased um this one in Scarborough the my first one in Scarborough um and my father's actually purchased another one in the same block which I'll manage for him um so that's our first um First purchases in Scarborough, basically, but the location's really nice. Yeah, fantastic. Overlooking so, the what was it that attracted you to service to accommodation in particular? Then, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a if done right in the right way and in the right area, it's a high yielding strategy, and that probably sort of um, gets a lot of people to sit up and pay attention. But it's not like it's a it's a passive strategy you know it's very it's very hands-on and we'll probably talk in a minute about the flip side of that coin and Mm -hmm. some of the challenges but what do you like about what what do you what do you love about serviced accommodation and 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 renting properties out to holiday makers um yeah I mean the bottom line is I knew I wanted to try and buy property um you know to make um you know to have something for my retirement in the future that's the only thing I'm going to have I haven't got a pension um but obviously a normal buy to let um I've heard quite a few horror stories it's you know of people getting them back after six months and having to completely refurbish them some of my friends have been there um and I just thought well really you're not you know making a huge amount of cash flow out of these properties so uh, my parents had briefly had a holiday caravan that they used to let out when I was a kid um so I'd seen what they'd done and and then I'd you know listened to my friend that had got an Airbnb and decided that the cash flow yeah it was a no-brainer if I could make it work then um 
and I yeah but possibly now if I'd known how difficult and how yes. much <laughs> how much I was gonna have to learn as I scaled and maybe I wouldn't have done it <laughs> now I would Definitely. It's still a great feeling when you get that buzz on your phone, though, isn't it? You oh, know, which yeah. you don't experience in any other strategy when you see oh, someone that's obviously, no. um, you know, engaged with your property, has booked your property. It's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. And those reviews, I mean, what a great yeah. review you got today. But um, it's just, a, you know, it's very rewarding to get that sort of feedback, isn't it? Oh, I, yeah, I do. I absolutely love it. And um, to allow people to come to this area and, you know, for them to experience what, I do on a daily basis and they yeah it's great it, yeah um, it does give me a buzz so what about the challenges then so let's anyone <laughs> who thinks that getting in service accommodation is a passive well it, oh, you know wow. it's no it's definitely not passive but there are certainly <laughs> aspects of the business that you can systemize and you can leverage other people's time and experience but what should people be aware of I guess getting into service accommodation not taking it too lightly well i think possibly i maybe found it slightly harder having you know i mean i did i did go to university and do an hnd in equine and business now yeah. um can i remember any of the business side of it <laughs> probably not <laughs> um that wasn't why i went to college i went in probably to party actually if I'm yeah. really honest and ride and horses. A so. Sensible thing to do to keep your parents happy while you're yeah, well, riding horses. Only, yeah. That's the only reason I went. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the I was probably never the brightest at school either. So so then suddenly going from riding horses, teaching people 24-7, being outside all the time and suddenly having a job where I had to be sat in front of a computer quite a lot of the time has been a bit of a challenge for me. And learning computer systems, I hadn't even heard of a channel manager. Um, that was, you know, well, in that wasn't really until um, just before I started Yorkshire yeah. Coast holiday, let's so. And channel managers have definitely been a challenge for me. There's yeah. no two ways about it. Um, yeah. Been sat on the floor in tears, screaming <laughs> at my computer screen numerous times. Yeah, one of those, it's a catch-22, isn't it? Because you have to have one if you're going to yeah. grow a service accommodation business. They are your mm. potentially your best friend and yeah. the solution to um, releasing yourself from the business. But at the same mm -hmm. time, finding the right one that does the things that you need it to do and everybody has different priorities when they're choosing a channel yeah. manager is um is a big big challenge isn't it and i think you yeah. went through a few different iterations didn't you before have, have do you feel like you've settled on a solution that's working for you at the moment or is it still oh, work in yeah. progress no it's great i love what i've ended up with um i mean it is like you say it's difficult because when you first get into it you don't really know what you want from a channel manager so yeah. that's um but I was unlucky that the two of the ones I went with were undergoing big changes themselves. And I yeah. was really unlucky that I yeah. ended up in a bit of a so mess with that. For anybody listening that doesn't know what a channel manager is, a channel manager is basically a piece of software that acts, amongst many other things, it acts as a central hub for your calendar and all of the various places that you would market your property, the online travel agents like Airbnb and Booking.com and Verbo, all link into your channel manager so that if you get a booking from one, it blocks out your calendar to all of the others so you can't get a double booking, but it also handles things like guest messaging and stuff like that. So it's a really powerful 
piece of software that that like you said is the um is an absolute must to if you're going to grow a business in service accommodation but um but but you know there's there's good ones and there's bad ones and and, and also i don't think there's the complete package out there anywhere so it's yeah. about finding what's important to you and and, and your business and, isn't it that's yeah. that's the, the biggest challenge yeah. prioritizing and, and and i think looking at um what you want to be doing in two three years time yeah. you know what what parts of the business are you because i might be very comfortable on certain aspects of the mm-hmm. of my service accommodation business and you might look at that and go god i can't you know i can't bring myself to do any of that and vice versa so it's about looking at the business you want to run isn't it yeah absolutely um so but no i am very happy with um with what i've got now and what i'm using now and the biggest thing that i think maybe stops people or makes people reticent about getting into holiday lets and service accommodation is probably cleaning and Mm. laundry um and um i think like all of us i'd imagine you've probably had challenges on that front haven't you as well what 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 are your experiences of that side of the business yeah i mean i i was very hands-on initially incredibly hands-on um probably a bit of a control freak i didn't want to let go really and trust anyone else would do a uh, good a cleaning job but yeah as you scale you just you can't you've got to let go of it so um i took on my own girls to um clean and i was thinking of actually starting up my own cleaning business um thought about that a couple of times um I'm really lucky. I've got one girl who's fantastic. She um, sort of manages everything really now. Uh, I do still clean occasionally uh, because in Whitby at the moment, we're struggling hugely for staff and all the cleaning companies in and around Whitby are exactly the same. Uh, In fact, no one seems to be taking on any new cottages at the moment. So so that is a big struggle and finding people that do it to the standard that you really, you know, that you want it because it isn't just like like a normal domestic yeah. clean. Um, and that's what a lot of people struggle to understand. Um, so, yeah, that is still a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Scarborough, where we've taken the new ones on, uh, I've got uh, she seems quite a professional um, team of cleaners over there. I've actually using a um, some cleaners, a cleaning team over there, a cleaning company, um, and so far, Touchwood, so good. Brilliant. It seems easier to get staff over there. Yeah, fantastic. So, if you had to, this is always a difficult question, but if you had to start all over again, so so rewind two years, going back into service accommodation, is there anything that you would do differently? Um. Possibly, I think I was always short of cash. (laughs) So that, you know, that probably stopped me and, you know, doing what I can sort of do now, even with just furnishing the properties now that I'm getting compared to what I would be doing back then. So, um, So maybe raising money, raising funds, and I didn't do it very well at the beginning, really. I fell into a lot of things. Um, I learned as I went along. I should probably have had a bit, probably should have had a bit more training, right, from word go, but I didn't even realise there was training out there. Yeah. So, um, um, but 
No, and to be quite honest, I think the mistakes and things that I have made, um, I've needed to, to learn. Yeah. You know, I've taken them all as a massive learn. Yeah. And I mean, people come to me now, um, there's numerous people come to me and say, I'm going to start a holiday let, can you help me? What systems, you know, this, yeah. that and the other, how do I get started? And and I find myself sat there helping them all thinking, I wish I'd had someone like this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it, that, that, that must be really rewarding, but also it must be really rewarding. I know we chatted briefly before we jumped on the call about the fact that on your latest project you've been able to really go to town on the interior design and you know obviously the yeah. the cash flow from your your portfolio has allowed you to inject a little bit more money and, and not I guess compromise so much yeah. um, on that side of it so that that must have been a, a nice experience oh yeah because I mean it really was on a shoestring at the beginning I can't yeah. lie um, it, yeah. a lot of it went on credit cards and uh, goodness knows what I just put myself more in debt at the yeah. beginning hoping yeah. it would all work out but um, yeah so it's been a really nice feeling to be able to just yeah obviously you can't go crazy because you know you've got to get a return on your money at the end of the day but um, I think you know especially around here there's a lot of old uh, you know tired old holiday lets so there's yeah. I think the standard is improving and people expect to come away now and stay in somewhere better than their own home if they can. Um, yeah. And to be able to now provide properties like that and, um, you know, it's a really, really satisfying, nice feeling that yeah. I can actually do that. Um, yeah. Well, the industry's moved on a lot, even just in the last two or three years, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the whole sort Usually. of sofa surfing culture that kind of airbnb was founded on a little bit has just just changed so much over the last few years and, and guests are so discerning now and they're yeah. expecting kind of five-star hotel levels of presentation mm. and service from 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 a holiday let effectively aren't they so oh, yeah and i think especially this year um the guests have been a lot more demanding than they have been in the past. I think a lot of them are used to going away abroad with the package holidays and getting everything included and and they're coming to self-catering accommodation. And um, uh, I mean, we've been stacked out, I can't lie. We've absolutely back-to-back -back bookings in all the properties and pretty much 99% of the guests have been thrilled with what they've got yeah. But, but yeah there's they've definitely been more demanding yeah. <laughs> and you live by your reviews at the end of the day you know that is you know it's yeah, so important absolutely. but on the flip side a great opportunity for you to differentiate yourself mm. I guess from the general stock in the area which which you know might be a little bit tired and a little bit dated great opportunity for you to sort of um, make a real impact in the quality of yeah. what's available in the area but also obviously position your your business at the the premium end of things yeah and that's that's certainly the way we want to go yeah cool so what's next for you then so you mentioned at the beginning some things in the pipeline so what have you got mapped out uh coming up coming up soon yeah so my big um thing is to try and find a tired guest house to turn into an apart hotel um i've been looking now for a good 12 months and yeah. the right thing hasn't really come up at the moment but um and i think prices around here are still pretty buoyant um so i think i'm just going to bide my time on that one it will happen um yeah. it's just it's just finding the right one um you're, you're manifesting it 
I am manifesting it, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I've been close Excellent. on a few, but um, but yeah, it's obviously just timing will, you know, it will all fall into place. Yeah, well. absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced it will happen for you. Thank you so much, Cara, for, for talking to us this morning. It's been really, really interesting to hear about your, your background and, and, and how you got into property and, and what you're doing in service accommodation. So um, thank you so much for that. If people did want to follow you and um, maybe even book one of your, your lovely properties for their next staycation visit to the, to the Yorkshire coast, um, what's the best way for them to do that? What, what, what are you on social media? Um, yeah, so we're Yorkshire Coast Holiday Let's on um, Facebook and Instagram. And we've got our own website. I'm just having a new one built, actually. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's improve everything we'll, we'll pop that in the show notes as well um so everybody knows where they can find you and follow your progress cara thank you so much it's been a pleasure speaking to you again oh thank you matt and also for your help on my journey as well you've been uh, you're yeah, very welcome it's been brilliant it's been inspiring <laughs> to see your progress so thank you again and i'll speak to you soon thanks mark Cara is so humble, but what she's managed to achieve with her business in the past two years within an industry that has been hit hard by the global pandemic is nothing short of extraordinary. I hope you found Cara's story inspiring. I'm sure, like me, you're checking the calendar already for when you can next book a visit to the beautiful Yorkshire coast to stay in one of Cara's stunning holiday properties. As well as giving Akara a follow over on Instagram and Facebook, you can also connect with Kara as well as a whole host of other like-minded property people over on the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook. Please like and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode.